Welcome to The Deeper You Go, The Weirder It Gets. I'm your host, Garrett Rennan. In this episode, I want to talk about alchemy. And as I've started to delve deeper into this subject, I am finding that alchemy is the real deal. Its principles, values, and core ideas seem to be spot on when it comes to personal and spiritual growth. My intention is to do several episodes about alchemy and the hermetic arts. So when most people think about alchemy, their initial thought is usually that of turning lead into gold. And the second thought is usually of people in primitive laboratories making potions, elixirs, and other concoctions. And it's true. Alchemists were essentially early scientists who were concerned with manipulating, distilling, and transforming physical objects with the overall objective of finding what was known as the Philosopher's Stone which, ironically, was not a physical stone. Instead, it was, it was considered to be a magical substance that was believed to have the power to turn base metals such as iron, tin, and lead into precious metals like gold and silver. In addition, the Philosopher's Stone was also believed to be an elixir of life with the power to cure illness, renew the properties of youth, and even grant immortality to those who possessed it. In their quest to find the Philosopher's Stone, alchemists examined countless substances in their laboratories, building a base knowledge that would span the fields of modern-day chemistry, pharmacology, and metallurgy. So while alchemy has been given credit for being the precursor to modern-day science, many of its ideas are often overshadowed by its belief in the Philosopher's Stone. Today, many people laugh or roll their eyes when they hear about alchemy, believing that alchemists were... Nothing more than wannabe wizards whose beliefs and practices were rooted in fairy tales and magic, and not science. However, the ideas of the Philosopher's Stone of turning lead into gold and curing illness is really just the surface layer of what alchemy is all about. Like with most things, once you dig a little deeper, you realize that alchemy is much more than elixirs, potions, and the transformation of metals. Instead, alchemy is much more a study of the mind. It's the practice of connecting the spirit world to the physical world with the goal of creating your reality while striving to reach your potential. In order to best understand alchemy, we need to start at the beginning. So alchemy began in Egypt. When you break down the word alchemy, you get al, which is an Arabic prefix meaning the, and chemia or chem is an ancient word for the land of Egypt. So alchemy essentially means the art of Egypt. And alchemy is believed to be created by the Egyptian god Thoth. Thoth is believed to have given man the gift of wisdom. He gave us the knowledge of, of the arts and sciences, such as language, writing, mathematics, geometry, and music. While alchemy started in Egypt, it really became popular in ancient Greece. Starting around 600 BC, the seafaring Greeks became frequent visitors to Egypt. At this time, Egypt was known for its knowledge and esoteric wisdom. The Greeks became students of many the Greeks became students of many Egyptian philosophies and ideas, and one of those ideas was alchemy. In the Greek tradition, Thoth was called Hermes, or Hermes Trismegistus, which means Hermes the three times great. This is why alchemy is also known as the hermetic art. 
And over time, many texts have been credited to Hermes, and those texts have come together to form the Corpus Hermeticum, which is one of the foundational books in the study of alchemy. So in order to understand what alchemy is really about, we must understand what Thoth and Hermes believed alchemy to be. The first alchemical text is considered to be the Emerald Tablet, which I mentioned in the last episode, The Night Sky. The author of the Emerald Tablet is none other than Hermes Trismegistus or Thoth. The most famous line from this text, which gives a lot of insight into the Hermetic arts, and we've heard this before, is that which is below corresponds to that which is above. And that which is above corresponds to that which is below to accomplish the miracle of the one thing. So I want you to remember the last statement, the miracle of the one thing. So I'm going to read this again. Uh, And again, we've heard this before, but just pay attention to the last sentence. So that which is below corresponds to that which is above. And that which is above corresponds to that which is below to accomplish the miracle of the one thing. So to understand this statement, we must first understand what is meant by above and what is meant by below. Above in the ancient world is considered to be the heavens, the sky, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the planet, the vast infinite landscape. It's the place where the gods reside. It's the world of the unknown. In addition, the above is also considered to be the eternal landscape of the soul. See, according to Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is within you. This means that the above is also located inside each and every one of us. So the above is the invisible or non-physical place where we find the creator. The below is the earth. It's the land of the mortals. It's the physical manifestation of God's creations. Another way to think about it is that the above is the spiritual or non-physical and below is the material or physical world. And if the below corresponds to the above, this means that the spiritual and material world worlds are connected. They are the same thing, two different sides of the same coin. And together, the above and below form the one thing. See, this is what I wanted to remind you about earlier. So the one thing is known as the prima materia, the first matter. Alchemists believe that all things originated from one thing, by one thing, and that this and this one thing, the prima materia, is considered to be the source of everything. It's the source of life. So here's the interesting part. The prima materia, the source of everything, expresses itself as three things. The mind, the body, and the soul. And these three things make up alchemy's version of the Holy Trinity. And at its core, all things are, comp- are composed of this Trinity. So in alchemy, they gave different names or codes, code words to each part of the Trinity. Sulfur represents the soul or consciousness. Mercury represents the mind or spirit. And salt represents the body or physical matter. Understanding this trinity is the key to understanding the true purpose of alchemy. Sulfur 
which represents the soul or consciousness, is our connection to the source. It's our connection to our true essence, our highest potential. It's our connection to the divine. It represents the above. Salt represents both our body and the physical world. Salt represents the below. Mercury, which is our mind, represents the bridge between the above and below. It's what connects our conscious self to our physical self. Knowing this, we can now redefine alchemy as the understanding of the relationship between consciousness and matter. And what's interesting about this relationship is that in Roman mythology, the god Mercury is is equivalent to the Greek god Hermes. And Mercury is considered to be the messenger of the gods. He travels from the heavens above where the gods live down to the earth below, down to the physical manifestation of the gods. He bridges the gap between the above and the below. So Thoth, Hermes, and Mercury, they are the same person. They are the same archetype. They represent the bridge between the gods and the humans, just like our mind is the bridge between consciousness and matter. What this means is that alchemy is really a study of the mind. The better we under and, and the better we understand how our mind operates, the better we can understand how consciousness relates to matter. We can better understand how the above corresponds to the below. We know we know that oftentimes what either holds us back or accelerates us forward is our mind. And this makes sense because consciousness or sulfur represents unlimited potential. It's our connection to the infinite. And as we've learned, our mind or mercury is the bridge between this unlimited potential and the physical world. What this means is that we can only go as far as our mind allows. And this is why the study of the mind is so important. And being in the fitness industry over the last 10 years, I've seen this firsthand. The only thing that separates the people who are successful in their fitness journey from the ones who aren't is their mindset. Mindset is everything. So to to bring this back to the Philosopher's Stone and transforming lead into gold, those ideas were really analogies to alchemy's true purpose. I mean, Make no mistake, alchemists did work and change physical objects, and there is something magical about that in its own way. There's something magical about making a tincture where you extract and enhance particular aspects of a plant, or working with and manipulating metal. For example, the making of steel is an alchemical process. In order to make steel, you take iron ore, a raw base metal. You add heat and melt it down so the impurities can be removed, and then you add some carbon. And once this substance cools, the result is a different metal called steel, which is stronger, harder, more durable, less susceptible to rust, and also has better tension and compression properties compared to its original form. Even the creation of a diamond is a very alchemical process. Coal and diamond are different variations of the same thing. Coal is the base material. It's raw, it's dirty, it's the imperfect version. 
add some add some heat and some pressure and you get a nearly perfect rock you get a clear clean object that it just so happens to be the hardest substance in the world so like i said alchemists were very much concerned with transforming and improving physical objects however alchem real alchemy goes much deeper than just the physical world it's also about mastering your mind so you can improve yourself and transform your reality It's about the transmutation of mental states or the changing of one mental vibration into that of another. This means that the famous idea of transforming lead into gold is actually more of an analogy for personal evolution towards purification and perfection. Lead represents our ordinary self in its raw, in its raw form, which is imperfect ignorant, diseased, and corruptible. And the transmutation into gold represents our journey towards enlightenment, to becoming stronger, healthier, smarter, more perfect beings. The philosopher's stone, which, as we, as I said earlier, is not really a stone, but it's also not even a magical substance. Instead, it too is an analogy that symbolizes the state of mind, the general philosophy or guiding principles one must follow in order to reach our highest potential. So alchemy is really about improvement or growth. It's about understanding our mind so that we can expand our consciousness, connect with our highest self, manifest our reality, and become masters of the physical world. Like I said, alchemy is some cool shit. So this is just one part of hopefully a several part series where I plan to dive much deeper into the philosophy of alchemy. See you on the other side.